Can you believe it? Ilya Labushkin. It is locked on Sabres time. Let's go. You're locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including our YouTube channel, where you can go to YouTube, you can search Locked On Sabres, and you can find us there. Jody Biasi following a 6-5 to five win over the Tampa Bay Lightning. A thrilling, thrilling game. Ilya Labushkin, Bushkin, Gummy Bear. We're trying out nicknames for Ilya Labushkin. Uh, after an incredible goal that he scored to win it. Unlikely overtime hero, as unlikely as it gets. At Sneaky Joe Sports on Twitter, at Lockdown Sabres on Twitter as well. And again, our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search Lockdown Sabres, and you can find us there. I have to really attempt not to move all that much. I got something going on in the neck shoulder area. And as I started that, just forgot about it. Adrenaline pumping. Let's talk Sabres. So hyped up after that game yesterday, and I definitely just pulled that. So if I look uncomfortable in the YouTube stream over the next 20 minutes, uh, you'll know why. Um, but that's, I mean, didn't we all do a fist pump last night? Did we all, did we throw something at the TV or did we all do what Rob Ray did, which was amazing on the color commentary, Dan Dunleavy calls the goal and Rob just over there with, yeah, just incredible <laughs> goal. Um, and what a way to win it. What a, what a game. Six to five, Sabres and Lightning. We'll recap it here. We'll also do a preview of Sabres and Panthers, which is coming up in just a little bit. We'll take a look at the hunt, um, which will uh, look at the rest of the standings, some big implications to the Sabres on um, Friday night in Florida as they are in Sunrise to play the Panthers. But that game against Tampa, ooh, there it is right there. There's that shoulder. That game against Tampa, they got outshot by a lot. They got shot attempts were in favor of Tampa Bay by a lot. Expected goals for were in favor of Tampa by a lot. But you know what? They got through it. They got the win. Yeah, Eric Comrie didn't play that great. Comrie actually played, I would say, pretty bad. An 878 save percentage by him. Allowed five goals on 41 shots on goal. He's now allowed 10 goals in his last three starts. And he's won all three of those starts. Um, but he has not played well, and I would say any of the three. His teammates have really bailed him out. And the forwards, uh, that, that really was who won the game. Darlene and the forwards were the big the big story in this game. Uh, you might think you're going into Tampa, you're going to pull off an upset win, and what might you think could pull that off for you? You'd be thinking, well, let me get a, let me get my goaltender to steal a game. That's not the Sabres. The Steelers, Sabres ask their scorers to steal them a game. And that happened here. All of their important guys came up clutch when it mattered, especially Tage Thompson. A hat-trick by Tage Thompson, a secondary hat-trick, right? Like, it it does not even the headline from the game against Tampa. But Thompson capitalizing on his opportunities when he had them is why the Sabres were in this game. The, the, the Jeff Skinner passing is another reason why they were in this game. Jeff Skinner... Gets his 33rd and 34th assists of the season. Those are career highs. He has got 
26 games remaining, give or take. I think it might be off by one there. 26 games remaining, and he's already set his career high in assists. He's seven points away from his career high in points. He had some brilliant passes. The first one, cross-ice to Tage Thompson, gives Thompson the opportunity to shoot at 80% of the net, and Thompson buries it. And then the breakaway pass to Thompson on Tage's second. That was the best pass of the night. That's a saucer pass out of his own end, all the way up to the blue line, catches Thompson in stride, and Thompson's able to go quick, direct, backhand, forehand, no hesitation, rip it past Andre Vasilevsky. And then Thompson takes advantage of the third goal, and Skinner doesn't get an assist on that, but he affects the play as well. He doesn't make the play, but Darlene flips it up to center to try to hit Skinner. Skinner occupies both defensemen. I think one of them might have been Nikita Kucherov. Um, so a forward and a defenseman both going for the puck. Skinner ties them both up, which allows Thompson to pick up the loose puck at center and go in alone on a breakaway. And pure filth on that hat trick goal by Tage Thompson. Kicks the leg up, forehand, backhand, slide it five hole. Oh, just masterpiece by Tage Thompson on that one. So the Sabres took advantage of their opportunities when they had them, especially, you know, Tommy Dangles out there. Uh, doing it. And then they get the game close. It's 5-3 Sabres over the Lightning in the third period. And you know what? Yeah, there's a problem with this team and their ability to hold leads. They blow a lot of leads and part of it is their goaltending, right? Eric Comrie not coming up big in the late stages of this game. He did play pretty well in overtime, but they allowed Tampa to get back in the game. It's the third time this year that the Lightning have have had a third period comeback on the Sabres. And then the officiating. How bad was the officiating? I'll talk about the Eric Cernak hit in a minute, but that should have been a penalty for sure. Maybe could have been a major uh, for all I know. There were other missed calls along the way. Uh, The too many men penalty on the Sabres was a little close. Maybe that was a penalty, but that's usually one where late in the game, they don't call it. And then they call Henry Okiharu for delay a game. We read the rules. We as in Sabres Twitter, we led the rules, read the rules. It has to be deliberate, deliberately placed out of play. Henry Okiharu is not deliberately putting that puck out of play. That's basically a deflection. The puck's coming up and he just kind of whacks it out of midair. It's a deflection and it goes up in the air. That is a that is not a call you normally see made on, on anybody. And they gave it to Yokiharu there. I thought that was a brutal job. So then where are we? I was texting with Brian Koziel, who does the Sabres pre and post games on WGR. And we were actually just texting about golf, but the Sabres game was on too. And Brian texted me about the penalty, the penalty that was called and like how bad it was and whatnot. And I replied to Brian, it would be stunning if Tampa didn't score in this power play. Weren't we all kind of feeling that? Didn't we all kind of feel, hey, just get this to overtime. Get this to overtime. Get your point. And we'll we'll eat the point. We'll we'll lose a point in this game, but you know what? Fine, we got a point at Tampa Bay. That was kind of the mindset I think a lot of people had. No, it's a four on three power play for the Lightning, one of the best power plays in hockey against the Sabers, one of the worst penalty kills in hockey. And then, like a like a, a gift from the gods, there is a falling Steven Stamkos. Who, by the way, I, Nikita Kucherov puts his arms up, looking for the officials to. Um, looking for the officials to call uh, Labushkin, I think for hooking. And he does get his stick under there, but Stamkos is the one that kind of chicken wings it down. And I was thinking after the game, if they were going to call anybody there, 
Stamkos for grabbing the stick of Labushkin. Looking back, by the way, Stamkos should have took the penalty. He should have just held on to Labushkin's stick, and he wouldn't have been off to the races the other way. But Labushkin, who, by the way, was a minute 40 into his shift, full credit to him, after he makes the play defensively, to kick the puck up to his stick and to race ahead with Nikita Kucherov hunting him down from behind. And again, Labushkin was two minutes almost into his shift at that point, probably dead tired. And he roars through the neutral zone. He he picks the perfect point to shoot the puck. He must, I'm assuming, had some awareness to know, Kucherov is tracking me from behind, and he's gaining ground. And maybe I make it all the way to the goaltender, but I'm allowing Kucherov a chance to stick lift me from behind and take the puck away. So Labushkin gets to the middle of the faceoff circle. Sure, he could go in closer and shoot. Sure, he could go forehand backhand. But this is what... I love about breakaways or what I love from players on breakaways. Be deliberate. Don't be hesitant. Tage Thompson's two um, penalty kill or breakaway goals. You might've just heard me describe as no hesitation and deliberate Thompson. Just boom, backhand forehand in like right there. No hesitation. This is what I'm doing. The other one, leg kick up backhand uh, forehand backhand between the legs. Just, you know what you're doing and you stick with it. You have a plan. And Labushkin, even if it's not a plan you think of, an instinctual plan, if I may, Labushkin had one. It was, I'm going to get to a good scoring opportunity, and I'm going to rip it. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to play around. I'm going to rip this thing. And he does. Post and in. Maybe it grazed the post a little bit. And he catches, if you watch the camera view from behind Comrie, he catches Vasilevsky cheating to the far side. And Labushkin goes short side on him. And perfect shot. So Ilya Labushkin, what a job. Again, the unlikeliest overtime hero since who? I tweeted this out looking for some some answers on it. And I got some good ones. Uh, Ed Ronan is a name I never knew until yesterday. Apparently, he's a an AHL guy that was playing for the Sabres in the 97 playoffs. And in the round two, he scored an overtime winner to beat the Flyers in game four. No idea who he was. He played one more game after that, game five, and that was all he, she wrote for him in the NHL. So Ed Ronan was a name. Uh, Marc-Andre Grignani was a name that got mentioned. He had an overtime winner against Carolina that was huge in 2011. But even Grignani was an offensive defenseman, even though he wasn't all that good. Um, I didn't have a great answer for this. Uh, it, another good one was not an overtime, but shootout. Melissa tweeted in Vili Leno as a shootout winner. And I remember that vividly. That is the 2013-14 season. The Sabres are in last place. It's late in the year. They have a shootout. They're wearing their yellow Turdburger jerseys, and they're in a shootout late with the New Jersey Devils. And they get to round nine, the 17th shooter in the game. And it's Vili- here comes Vili Leno. Zero goals in all on the season. He had not scored, and everyone knew he was getting bought out. Everyone knew he had was not earned, living up to the contract. He was going to get cut after the year, and he got the largest sarcastic Bronx cheer I've ever heard in my life. It was a standing ovation that was incredibly sarcastic from fans. I mean, the place was roaring, and he scored. He scored. I don't think they won the shootout, actually, but he did score. The place went nuts. He didn't look too happy after it, and I think it's because he knew what the fans were doing there. They were kind of ribbing on him a little bit. Um, 
but that that was a good answer too. But Labushkin might might be in the argument for the most unlikely overtime hero in Saber history. And you know what? If they end up making the playoffs, that's a play, and that's a player that we're now going to remember forever. Ilya Labushkin could have become like a forgettable name, you know, like a like a Justin Falk or uh, a Tyson Strachan. You know, there are these defensemen that have played for the Sabers, these physical defensemen that have played for the Sabers that we are lost to time that we we have no memories of. And Labushkin, if they make the playoffs ten years from now, I'll I'll say, hey, you remember that Ilya Labushkin guy? And you'll go, oh yeah, I think didn't he had a big he had a big overtime goal, didn't he? I think it was against Tampa. Like you might not remember every detail of it. You might not remember who the team was, but. Labushkin, if they make the playoffs here, is going to be the guy that scored that one big overtime goal for the Sabres, uh, even if that's the most memorable part of his Sabre career, which it probably will be. So good on him. And I will say one last thing here. I never like being Mr. Oh, I played hockey guy. So that's not what I mean to say by this, because I hate being that guy ever. Um, you didn't play sports past high school. I don't want to hear it in the me- I don't want to hear your experience, uh, at least on podcasts and shows and whatnot. But I will say, playing hockey growing up, and then beer league and whatnot, there is nothing more fun for a hockey locker room than the guy that never scores scoring a big, important goal. It's the most fun you could have. You could see it on all the faces of the Sabre players, all of them. I mean, I I couldn't tell who it was, but you could watch the bench as Labushkin is roaring down the ice through center, and someone on the bench is jumping up and down. Like giddy with, oh my God, he's going to do it. I thought it was Peyton Krebs, but I couldn't really tell. Um, nothing is more exhilarating than that. We'll take a timeout here. When we come back, I had a quick thought in the Eric Cernak hit against Kyle Poso. Um, so on that, and then a look at the playoff hunt, what last night's win means to the standings and what is on the line against Florida before we get you to a quick preview of the Panthers game and sneaky good bets. I went two for three. Last night, Alex Tuckman, he's on the ice for two Thompson, three Thompson goals. He's on the ice for the Labushkin overtime winner. He doesn't even get an accidental assist. It's, it's fine. Uh, but we will preview Sabres and Panthers, do some sneaky good bets ahead on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We are brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories. You got to try Built Bar. Just got a brand new box of Built Bars. I'm very excited to try all their new flavors. I don't know how they do it. 17 grams of protein. There's only 130 calories and you got four grams of sugar. Great flavors. Cookie dough is my favorite. I love cookies and cream too. Cookies and cream might be my number two. Churro three, peanut butter brownie four, and double chocolate number five. That's my top five for Built Bar. And now, by the way, you don't need to wait around to get a box of Built Bars. For years, we've been telling you, go to Built Bars or get Built Bars at Built.com. But now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Or you can get them online still at Built.com. Pick up a four-bar box at Walmart. Get a 13-bar box at Sam's Club. You got to try Built where healthy is actually tasty. Again, check them out. Get them at Walmart, Sam's Club, or at Built.com. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. A couple of things to get to here. We'll get to the playoff race in just a second. First, though, one last word in the Sabres and Lightning game. Eric Cernak, defenseman for the Tampa Bay Lightning, sticks his elbow out. He hits Kyle Poso in the head, and Don Granato loses it. Kyle Poso loses it. Zemgus Gergensen goes after Eric Cernak. And I do believe the Sabres will get some, justi- some justice here. I would guess Cernak is going to get suspended. Now, here's the thing. 
It's early afternoon here on Friday, and I have not seen anywhere that Eric – I'm going to double-check Twitter right now to make sure I haven't missed it in the last couple of minutes. And actually, I did miss it. Eric Cernak will have a hearing today for elbowing Buffalo's Kyle Poso. I think he's going to get suspended. He is a repeat offender. He actually got – he's a repeat offender on this very tight – this very uh, penalty against this very team. Three and a half years ago, Eric Cernak got suspended two games for elbowing Rasmus Dahlin in the face. So he's been suspended for this very thing, and it was very deliberate. He stuck the elbow out. Um, so – and, you know, Oposo didn't take another shift. I think he was okay. We didn't get an update after the fact. We don't have practice on Friday, so we'll see what ends up happening. But he's been suspended other times, too. I think this guy's getting suspended. I wouldn't think anything crazy. Maybe two or three games. Maybe three games just because he's a repeat offender. Um, but it was deserving of a suspension. It was a dirty hit. It should have been a penalty. It's amazing that it wasn't. I can't believe the refs missed it. Um, Oposo was bleeding. I, I, I think he's going to get suspended, and I hope he gets suspended. All right, a look at the hunt. It's time to go hunting. All right, so we're looking at the Buffalo Sabres at 62 points. They have passed, and I'll put the standings up on our YouTube channel for those to see, uh, for the visual. The Sabres are at 50, 62 points in 56 games played. So they have passed the Washington Capitals. The Capitals lost on Wednesday night, Thursday night, to the lowly Anaheim Ducks. And if you're watching our YouTube channel, let me scroll all the way down here to where Anaheim is. Oh, the very last team listed in the Western Conference, one of the worst teams in hockey, 43 points on the season. Anaheim beats Washington 4-2. On the same day that Washington trades away their best defenseman in Dmitry Orlov. Now, John Carlson's on the injury shelf, so I'm going to get away with calling Orlov their best defenseman. Orlov to Boston for a first, a second, and a third. And they also include Garrett Hathaway, who is a very good bottom six player. All that to say, Washington now has lost six in a row. They just lost to one of the worst teams in hockey, and they traded away some of their best players, their best defensemen especially. They're toast. They are toast. They are not making the playoffs. I'm declaring them, I'm declaring it now, that this Eastern Conference playoff race for the wild card is a five team race. It is the Islanders, the Red Wings, the Panthers, the Penguins, and the Sabres. Washington is dead. And I say that knowing they have the exact same amount of points as Buffalo does. But the Sabres have four games in hand on Washington. And again, they've lost six in a row. They lost to Anaheim. Orlov is gone. They're burnt toast. The Sabres actually can get into a playoff spot on Friday night. If they get a regulation win against Florida, you will open the standings page on Saturday morning and you will see the Buffalo Sabres in a playoff spot behind the New York Islanders. They will go to 64 points with a win. That would be the same amount of games played as the Red Wings, same amount of points percentage as the Red Wings, which is used in the standings page as the number one tiebreaker. The other tiebreaker is regulation wins. And if Buffalo wins in regulation, they will have 22 regulation wins matching Detroit. And then you go to regulation and overtime wins and the Sabres have two more than Detroit. Florida is also at 64 points. The Sabres can match Florida in points and remain uh, as having four games in hand on the Panthers with a win in regulation. And while Florida has more regulation wins, they go by points percentage on the standings page first. So they would pass them in that. So they would be in a playoff spot with a win. And part of the reason why they were able to get that is Pittsburgh got throttled. 
by Edmonton on Thursday night. The Oilers win seven to two. Connor McDavid, two goals and two assists. He played great. And the Penguins are re- they're falling apart. The the Capitals already fell apart. And I was hey, I was kind of I'll take a victory lap here. In December, I was telling you, I don't think Washington and Pittsburgh can make it the whole way. Washington, especially, they're too old. I don't think they're going to get through the whole year this way. And look, looky, looky here. Washington has collapsed and Pittsburgh is starting to collapse. And they bought out Kasperi Kapanen today. So the GM's getting hammered for that. Um, he doesn't want to trade for Jacob Chikrin because Arizona is demanding that Pittsburgh include their 2025 and 2026 first round picks, which, by the way, kudos to you, Arizona. The Coyotes, this is from Rossi of The Athletic, who covers the uh, the Penguins. He says, Arizona is demanding that in any trade... Mike Sullivan, let me start at the beginning. Mike Sullivan of the Penguins wants um, wants Jacob Chikrin. Ron Hextall, the Penguins GM, doesn't want to part with two first-round picks. In particular, Rossi writes, the 2025 and 26 first-round picks, not 23 and 24. Arizona wants to skip two years and then take two first-round picks from Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh is saying no. And this is why. They're wise to it. Arizona, very smart. Galaxy brain stuff from the Coyotes. They know. Crosby's 35. Malkin's 36. Latang is 36 also. You know, three years from now, they're going to be really bad. They got the worst prospect pool in hockey. They got aging stars. They're already starting to fall apart. Yeah. 25 and 26, I could those could be top five picks. I want those picks. Great job projecting out by the Coyotes. Now, I don't know if the Penguins are going to end up doing it, but because that's the demand, I don't think they're getting Jacob Chikrin, which means I don't think anybody's coming in to save the day there. Pittsburgh's starting to fall apart. They've lost four in a row now. And again, it's starting to shake out like I thought. I thought it was going to come down to Buffalo in Florida. I was a little wrong on Washington at the start, and I've been wrong on the Islanders and the Red Wings so far. I still think at the end of the day, I'm going to be right on Detroit and on the Islanders. I still believe, though, I'm right on Florida. This is a, this is a tough team, number one in the league and expected goals for. All right, when we come back, we'll preview Sabres and Panthers. Goalie matchup, lineup stuff that we might have, and some sneaky good bets. That's all ahead here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Welcome back to the Locked on Sabres podcast with Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Okay, let's go to our preview of Sabres and Panthers. Sergei Bobrovsky will be in goal for Florida. He's having a nice season. A 902 save percentage, not as bad as it once was, but a 58% quality start percentage. He ranks 31st out of 71 goaltenders in goals saved above expected for 60 minutes. So Bobrovsky in goal for Florida. We do not know who is starting for the Sabres. My preference would be Craig Anderson, but we do not know. And we'll see if Kyle Poso is able to return. Again, he did not play after that hit uh, by Cernak, but there wasn't a lot of time left in the game, so it makes sense that he might not have anyway. So my hope is the Sabres go with Anderson, but we'll see. It will be either him or Ukapeka Lukadin. Sneaky good bet time. I went two for three last night. Alex Talk doesn't get a point on the ice for like four goals. How does that happen? Number one, sneaky good bet. Sabres money line in the first period. I'm betting the Sabres to win the first period at plus 240. Florida has lost in the first period. They've lost the first period in their last four games following a win. Four games in a row after a win, Florida comes out flat. And they've lost the first period four times in a row. 
So the Sabres riding an emotional high, maybe carry that energy over into Friday against the Florida Panthers. Panthers come out a little flat. I'm going to I'm gonna take the odds, of course, because I'm getting long shot odds of plus 240. You'd bet 100 to win 240 that uh, the Sabres are going to win the first period. Bet number two, sneaky bet number two. Tommy Dangles over three and a half shots on goal. Tage Thompson is minus 104 to have over three and a half shots. His shot totals are starting to go back up, and he looks more like the dominant Tage Thompson that we saw uh, in December and January rather than the Thompson that kind of, you know, was plateauing a little bit in February. Thompson's playing great. I see him getting more than three and a half shots in this game. My third sneaky good bet of the night, I'm going to go with Sergei Bobrovsky over 27 and a half saves. I, that's a low number to me. The Sabres are going to get their shots on goal, I think, in this game. Uh, Florida allows a lot of chances, and Bobrovsky is a good enough goaltender where I don't see him getting run off uh, by the Sabres uh, in this game. So I've got Sabres win the first period at plus 240. Tage Thompson over three and a half shots on goal at minus 104, and Sergei Bobrovsky over 27 and a half saves at even money. All right, that's it for us today in the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Go Sabres against the Florida Panthers. We'll talk to you next time, hopefully, when the Buffalo Sabres are sitting in a playoff spot. Talk to you then. Mm-hmm.